Welcome to Avowedcast, the fan community podcast for Obsidian Entertainment's future RPG game titled Avowed. This is a podcast for fans by fans. We're not affiliated with Obsidian in any way, but we promised we would be security for them if they ever presented at a Gamescom. In today's episode, we tackle the question of where does Avowed fit into the Aora timeline? Will it take place before Pillars 1? Between Pillars 1 and 2, during Pillars 2, after Pillars 2, where does it fit? Where do we think, from what we've seen in the trailer and what we've heard in interviews, where do we think it's going to fall in that timeline? Just a quick note today that we had a few sound issues. We apologize for that in advance. We always try to do our best, but sit back and enjoy. This is a really good conversation. And yet, one of us sits in the big chair and the other does not. We wanted to today to kind of dig a little deeper on the question of uh, does Avowed take place uh, before Pillars 1? Does Avowed take place uh, during, maybe like while Pillars 2 is actually happening? Uh, does Avowed take place post Deadfire? Uh, where do we think it fall? We've talked about this a little bit before, but uh, thought it might be good to dive in because we've heard some other theories from people on online and such that we wanted to dive into. There's lots of speculation about where it would fall, but also not just justifying where it falls because I think that's one question. I think the other question is, okay, if it falls there, then what does that mean? Um, assuming that and I, and I do believe this, assuming that Obsidian is respecting the lore and history and and incorporate that in, incorporating that into the story. I mean, if it takes place concurrently, that has a kind of a huge impact on the story, right? You can't just ignore what's happening on other continents. And I mean, it, if it takes place 100 years before, that's also got a pretty bizarre, knowing things we saw in the trailer, but very interesting effect on the story as well so it's kind of pivotal pivotal and i can only imagine them sitting down when they decided to do this like that had to be one of the first discussions they had is um before they even embarked on the story they had to figure out where does this happen where is this going in the timeline where what what are the impacts if it's happening you know 200 years before or uh, a day after the end of Deadfire, God forbid, because we all know how that ended. Um, I will say to anybody who's listening that we cannot really avoid spoilers in certain parts. So if we get to the discussion, specifically the end of Deadfire, I think is going to be a big one. But um, w- when we get to that point, we will let you know. So guys, if you if you if you get to the point where you're ready to talk about that, just let them know. Okay, I'm about to spoil something about the end of a, a game but um because you can't really talk about this right unless you kind of talk a little bit about what yeah, happens we're gonna, we're gonna in the games them. before and if you're one of those people please go play the games okay they're awesome you need to go play the games all right so please go do that instead of listening to us all right anyway um I want to kind of jump over to Gingerino. This Gingerino kind of brought this topic to me, which I think is a good one to talk about. What were your thoughts when you were thinking through this discussion, Gingerino? I I really started getting into this conversation with um, some emails from fans on my show as we're talking about the lore for the world. And 
like the there's a few people that are just like it's definitely after the dead fire game and then there's some people who are like there's no way that it can come anywhere near the dead fire time and it, it's interesting to see different people's thoughts in the matter and people are always they always have reasons for why it can or can't be at certain times and it's just it's kind of got me thinking like when does avowed take place and like if it does play, take place before or after what kind of considerations do the developers need to take into account and like that's where i like to think about like if you have post deadfire setting then there's so much of the canon endings that you would have to pick from and you have to then find a way to transfer relative knowledge to the player that doesn't overload them but at the same time doesn't spoil the game yeah like there's there's so much there and i don't feel like obsidian would want to spoil it but that said it's you know it's already five years old at this point so maybe they're just they're fine with it but i mean i'm sure they must know that they're going to have new pillars players as a result of avowed so why would you want to purposely spoil the ending of that game for people you know are going to play it brand new feel like they could avoid the spoilers in the first pillars game because you learn the spoilers very personally as the watcher in the first game so like only you are really and your companions are aware of what happens at the end of the first pillars game but the end of the second pillars game has wide-reaching impact like people everywhere in that world are gonna know about it so like that kind of thing would definitely have to be communicated to the player but to me that's like you're onboarding a lot of convoluted and unnecessary information but it definitely does seem yeah. like we do have a post deadfire game i mean we've got deadfire characters returning and avowed um we see faction banners for um, groups of people that exist in the deadfire game themselves like and the uh, the soul plague is very easily explained by a post deadfire scenario so there's a lot of evidence on both sides fair enough but can we can we do this can we eliminate completely that it's happening a hundred years before Pillars One, or uh, what can we tell our listeners or those who have maybe not played the Pillars game? What would be your main argument as to why it is not happening before the Pillars game sure begin? When it actually takes place in, um, I know for me the presence of some of the banners in the gameplay trailer kind of indicate that it would be concurrent to the Pillars games. Parenthesis, do you have a thought about that? How, it, that it could it happen before Pillars 1? And if not, what are your thoughts about that? If okay, so so I, I'm going to okay, I'm going to come with the caveat that I'm assuming that the things that I've shown in the trailers are not not everything is a placeholder. So some of the some of the things they put in there, they put in there with thought forethought and meaning and and they're not going to change everything okay in the trailer in the background we see the flag of stalwart which is a place you visit in first game's expansion the white march stalwart is nothing special to be frank it's it's a smallish village however it is situated close to a place called uh, durgan's battery and durgan's Forge, which is an old dwarven forge that is that, that makes some fantastic steel. Stalwart is very far, or at least I assume it is very far from the living lands. Why would they be there if if they are not important or they have access to funds and, and power? 
and they do not have access to funds or power if they don't have access to the forge. So it must be in a time when the forge is open. So either we are far back in the past when it was still open, or we are in somewhere uh, post the White March where you have opened it yourself. Can Otherwise, you can you explain the forge for those who maybe haven't played the games uh, so they understand what you're talking about? Yes, sorry. So in the White March, you're, you're called to Stalwart because they want you to open the Durgan's forge for them because it can make something called Durgan steel, which I guess has the this, this same placement as Damascus steel in our world. It's 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 super good. It's really people really want they want to pay a lot of money for it. And so in the first part of the expansion, you do exactly that. You go in, you make uh, it safe for people to begin to enter and operate Durgan's forge, and that brings prosperity to the region but also some new problems, as we see in the second part of the expansion. My point here is that no, no one is going to go halfway across the world or how far it is to, to another continent if you're a podunk, middle-of-nowhere village. That's just not going to happen. So it must be in a, in a time when it's open. So I cannot believe that it won't be at least post white march you cannot convince me of this good argument i mean a really good argument for that um so def definitely uh have a very good point there uh it makes a lot of sense Remeran, what are your thoughts on that do you think this could happen before pillars one or are you convinced with what parenthesis said to say this is after uh the dlc for pillars one possibly digress for a second because i never thought of that but yes absolutely 100 like stalwart being there is it would be weird if if it if it was pre uh white march like i again i never um looked at it this way but it, it reminds me of um uh, star trek deep space nine where like bajora right got on the map because of like the wormhole coming up if they weren't the wormhole didn't come through then it wouldn't it, it wouldn't be a major trading pl um, place and who would go there no one similar in that vein stalwart like who who would go there and why would they go to the the living lands if i mean what, what business would they have and it seems like all major factions have a, a place in this world um, or in this area in the living lands um, in this port and i just don't see why stalwart would be there unless they were a major player or at least semi-major player um so i don't think that it is pre i also i also think that the fact that there are pillars two characters um there makes me think that it's gonna be post pillars two but and the, the reason is that i feel like if you're too far behind first of all hey it, it lowers the amount of people you could do unless you have like long-lived races um and even then i i feel like you, when you do when you bring someone back unless it's for a particular reason you want them to be the person that they are when the player uh sees them in in, in the game and if it's like a hundred years before pillars two they might be a completely different person and it might feel a little weird 
because you know they have arcs that they didn't go through and they might be dealing with the same arcs or quote quote unquote, you know what i mean and it feels like oh this I, this isn't the i don't know a loss that i know you know what i mean so yeah. I, I don't i don't think that it's pretty yeah i i kind of am in that camp too um i i mean great great arguments all the way around i mean i don't all agree i mean i definitely don't think it's pre pillars i when i've you know at the very beginning when we saw that first one the first the good trailer the very first you know that you could argue possibly i mean but with the second trailer, I don't think that argument can really exist anymore. Now that I've watched it several times and, and thought about it, I just don't. This I just think it's impossible. And if it does happen, they got a, they got a lot of explaining to do. So why would they put themselves in a situation like that? The other big argument. Let's do let's metagame a little bit here, and let's uh, look at the interview with Carrie Patel. And the way that she spoke in that interview about content was, and at one point her saying, oh, and those guys that you saw in uh, Dead Fire, you're going to see them again in just that sentence. You, I mean, that, that sells it. I mean, that, I mean, right? I mean, that sentence wouldn't make sense if the game was set before because of not just because of the fact that she mentioned you'll see them again but the past tense the the way that she phrased that statement completely rules yeah. out a, a pre-pillars one i don't event. know i know about that and the reason why i say that and this might sound stupid but like just follow me here but like if if i saw if i saw sora right face to face with sora i see him right if someone gives me a picture of Sora from 10 years ago, I saw him again. That doesn't mean that, that that doesn't rule that I saw him, you know, post that. You get what I'm saying? Is yeah, but we're talking hundreds of years here. We're talking, I mean, we're talking, uh, but I, how would that work? It would to, I like, mean, it would we're have talking to be... the span See, The thing of... is, is if, if she's saying that there's returning characters from Deadfire, they would have to be accessible enough that you, the player, would have probably run into them. And there's not a lot of people that I can think of in that game, in the mainline narrative, that you would have would definitely be able to exist a hundred years prior, unless it was one of the archmages. That was that's the only kind of running theory I have for that. No, the only one you really meet for sure is Archimere, and unless she's counting the DLC, Lengrith would be a good uh, a possibility. And and don't you meet the 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 next Lengrith? Like don't. You... Like the Lengrith that would be alive like a hundred years. I don't want to get into spoilers, but like, no, I, I, that's the thing is all the evidence does point to a post Deadfire game, but then when you look at it from a development standpoint, it's like that's a lot of information to have to make choices on. So like, I don't know. It's it seems like the evidence makes sense, but it also make doesn't seem like a developmentally good choice. That that being said, none of us are privy to the choices they're making development wise. I, I do want to clarify that. Are we getting into spoilers? Because I have a theory of why it's or so why before, we're there. So let's let's do this. Let's before because I know where you're going. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Let's let's uh, say we've eliminated or we we or I I'm going to say me. I've eliminated it being pre pillars one. I don't think that's happening at all. Period. Now, no way. Um, it doesn't make sense writing wise. Carrie Patel's a writer first before she's a direct. Uh, game lead so that's in her core that's in her nature she's not gonna put herself in a hole like that 
Um, now, the other question is, could this possibly be happening concurrently with uh, dead fire? Or could this be happening immediately after the DLC from Pillars 1? Can we rule either of those two out? I feel like I can rule out uh, concurrent to Pillars 2. And the reason why, and I'm sure you can poke holes in this, but teleportation doesn't exist in this world. And the Living Lands is far away. And if you have returning characters, then how are they going to get from the dead fire to to the living land so quickly, unless you see them in some like, I don't know, like some portal that not portal, but like, I don't know, magical means, which I doubt, I feel like you're going to, you're going to be face to face with the, the returning characters. I feel like they can't be in two places at once. Okay. And Archimir is not bound to being in the dead fire only early on in the game he you can go visit him at any point in the mainline narrative of dead fire so there's no point at which he can and leaves the dead fire to go to the living lands and comes back later even if there was enough time so, which means i mean there is the possibility that obsidian could choose to like alter the narrative like you could be like an alternate canon just for the sake of the game on minor details like that 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 has happened in games and stories before which isn't a huge deal but yeah, like it, it doesn't seem like concurrent would make a lot of sense development wise, but it doesn't seem to line up narratively or lore wise. Yeah, I think I think there are the advantage to having any having it concurrent with Dead Fire, obviously, is you won't have to address the elephant in the room. You're you're you don't have to deal with the way it ended. So that would be the advantage. But then if you're setting up a franchise which it feels like they're trying to like that, you know, they're going to have an avowed two if this is successful and three and four, and they're going to keep moving forward. You want to put yourself in a situation where you can continue whatever narrative you started or whatever you started with this world. Um, and I don't see that happening if it's concurrent, because I, how do you then address what happens at the end of pillars two? I, I, I mean, because it, unless you're just totally changing the game, which I don't think they're doing, and you're just ignoring souls altogether, and you're just like, hey, let's do another Skyrim. I mean, I guess you could do that, but that, that don't think that's happening. Um, so I think in order for us to discuss that and to whether it, it is happening post-Deadfire and what that might mean, um, I think we're going to have to, at this point, talk about what happens at the end of Pillars 2. So if you're a listener and you're uncomfortable with that and you don't want to hear and you want to play the game and find out for yourself, more power to you. We support you 100%. It's a great game. Go play it. Go finish it. Um, see what happens. Um, and we're we're going to, though, get into it because I feel like those who are a lot of our listeners, I would say almost a majority, have played both games from at least the emails that I get um and our fans and would want to really dive into that uh in a in a realistic way which we can't really do without addressing what what happened um just so with that said um gingerino i'll give you the floor um that way the hate mail doesn't come to me because it always comes to me it needs to go to somebody else um you get what the happens at the end of pillars 2 that i'm talking ride about it off into the sunset 
uh, you defeat the great evil dragon. Turns out the answer was inside of you all along. You know, that, that the whole typical spiel. No. Um, okay. So the end of Deadfire. So I'm spoiling it now for everyone. This is your last chance. Okay. So at the end of Deadfire, you're, the whole game, you're chasing a giant statue that's inhabited by the god Aethys because he's got a piece of your soul in there. So you need to stay close to him. You're also trying to stop him from doing what he's doing. Turns out he's trying to destroy an ancient device that was developed by an ancient society that controls the cycle of reincarnation in this world. Aethys travels to this location, and at the end of the game, he destroys it, which means the cycle of reincarnation that souls undergo in this world uh, is no longer working. Like, that natural phenomenon is no longer self-sustaining it's not working properly i mean there's a couple endings that you can cause to happen where it's, it still does but i think we're going to ignore those for now why was that important though why was that process important to the game what was there's a few things that it can imply one is that it it, it kind of throws up in the air a question of like what happens to souls when they die can they get to the beyond and come back and if they can't where do they go do they just stay in the mundane do they wander and then jump into a new body like that doesn't really get addressed and then there's the disconnect that now exists between the mundane creatures of the world and the gods of Aeora because these souls when they die they would go into the cycle of reincarnation known as the wheel and they would go to the beyond where the gods are and that would kind of sustain the gods it would also keep them connected the gods would decide where souls would go after they die but that is now disconnected so it completely throws all the metaphysics of this world upside down. It disconnects the mundane world and the afterlife. Uh, it doesn't answer the question of where do souls go when people die. And that, like, that's kind of the big question. And that's, a, in my opinion, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of information to try to convey. So unless they're trying to decide what happens for sure in just you know, 50 years later. Well, and what was the goal of destroying it? I mean, in in general, at least what's your impression of the goal of destroying I believe, it? like, what's, my understanding, what's... and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, because, like, sometimes I get so lost in the details of what happened that I forget about the motives, but my understanding was that Aethys wanted to let the kith of the world, that is, like, the sentient races of the world, run the world by themselves. Like, he wanted to sep kind of save them from the gods, is kind of what I understood it as. Because the whole time there's that there's the debate going on between the gods that you hear about in the dead fire of like, do they need us or do they not need us? Like, should we be intervening or should we not be intervening? That was my impression. I don't know if I'm remembering or misremembering something. Let's hear from like parenthesis. Are we off base here? Explaining the end of pillars too? No, uh, I also got the, um, I got it as a sink or swim moment. Earth is this, the status quo is not good. I'm going. I'm going to end this because no incremental change is incremental change is not working. So I'm just going to throw everything up in the air and and see how and let the dice fall where they may. And so it goes, destroys the the thing that is that is keeping Kith, uh, keeping souls being reincarnated and keeping the gods fed and alive and powerful and and essentially comes with the argument. Now we have to figure out something. Either mortals will have to rescue themselves, or the, the gods will have to work together with with the with Kith and figure out a solution, or everyone else is going to die because I, as the Earth, is I'm sick to the to the back of my teeth of seeing this. I'd rather have the 
world end than see this continue. So Rimran, that's a that was a huge event. That's like a world altering event. That's why we're talking about it. Is if you want to address whether this happens, avowed is happening after dead fire, you have to address the breaking of the cycle. You have to address this huge monumental event that happens at the end. Um, can they ignore that if it happens post dead fire? What's your thought, Rimran? Can they just ignore that that happened? I don't think they can ignore it. Well, for a second, let me let me go back for just a quick second because I want to discuss motivation really quick because I agree with uh, 99% of what you guys said, but I was thinking about this during my Bleak Walker playthrough, thinking about motivation because uh, it, in my like role play, like I was a worshiper of Remergan and I thought, well, why is Aethys doing this? Um, and, you know, you think about the gods and, and we know for, for sure that the gods can't help but be, them, be themselves, they, they are uh, a, they kind of have to do what they are told, not told, but what they represent. You know what I mean? Like, like while can't but be mysterious or, or be that type of person. I think Aethys is the god of renewal. And I think he can't help but not like to have things stay the same way for too long. So I think for just thinking about it this way, it might not be completely, uh, like his motivation might not be completely, uh, I guess, altruistic. You know, it might just be, well, I don't like it to be the same. And that it, it could be slightly selfish in that, or not even selfish, but I can't help but not like it the way that it is. Does that make sense? So, I, so while I 100% agree with, or that more like 99% agree with everything everyone's saying, I do think that we should we should take a second and say, well, we don't know for sure that his motivation was for the good of everyone. It could just be, I can't help myself. Um, I think that's a very cool argument. I had not even thought about that. And the only reason why I thought about it, again, is because I was in my Bleak Walker playthrough and, and they questioned, I, I want to specifically role play what I wouldn't think. Because I, I think the player can't, uh, at least, you can't help but think, oh, this is such a good guy. And unless you look at like the uh, DLC, you kind you kind of see more about him. But anyway, that besides, I don't think they can ignore that. That's such a huge event. And in fact, I don't think like I think one of the reasons why you're going to the Living Lands is probably because of that event. You know, I, I don't know if we if you want me to go through like my theory. Yeah, go for it. I jump, jump right in. I, I see where you're going with it. So, right, so go for it. So my theory is that the world has changed. And I think everybody's panicking because of this event from Pillars 2. And something's happening in the Living Lands. And I think the Empire doesn't want anything to happen without them knowing. So you're representative of the, the Adirian Empire and you're there to investigate what's going on and to see where all the other factions come on. And I also think that the, all the factions being there, uh, working, not working together, but at least being there to, to check in on each other. Like what do, you, what do these guys think about what's going on or, or, or how much do they know? Because whoever 
maybe the motivation is whoever knows what's going on in the living lands could be one step ahead of everybody else, if that makes sense. So that that's where I'm going with it. Interesting. So there's they're going there to to not just seek answers, but to I don't know. I mean, why would all these different uh, factions flock there at the same time? How would they all Depend, know? They I guess Cause, cause, yeah. I guess yeah. Well, they well, the living lands is still a frontier land, so there is the chance that Obsidian is just setting it up as like, hey, all these people were here exploring because this is an area of the world that is still unexplored. Especially if it's post-Deadfire when a lot of these worldwide superpowers have got the ability to travel the world a lot better. So there's the chance it's just exploration. But the idea of the Soul Plague definitely makes more sense of like people are attracted here because they're trying to figure out what's going on in the aftermath of the Deadfire events. Again, I'm just I'm thinking through it. What what how would that end of Dead Fire how would that mean a plague, a soul plague? I don't know, I guess I we don't know, obviously, but how would you conjecture that having that effect? Well, my thought is that like I think it has many different effects. And in the living lanes, this is one effect that could have like multiple like because of what happened in two and this other thing that you have to figure out, the living lands is, it, something's going through the living lands. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be uh, a direct result, but it, but a, a factor. It could be something like the result of the thing in the dead fire was a domino that also caused something else to happen in the living lands, like the soul plague. So I, I think, is that kind of what you're getting? It's not that the dead fire caused the soul plague. But the dead fire caused something which allowed the soul plague to kind of fru- come to fruition, maybe. Exactly, okay. and and maybe and maybe the factions are there to figure out because it could just be a piece of the puzzle to figure out this whole thing with with the with what happened in two. Yeah, I I can see that, um, Princess. What's your theory then? If we're if we're going to, we've now kind of ruled out before. We talked a little bit about it being concurrent. And some issues with that. Is your feeling that it's definitely happening after Pillars of Eternity 2? And then what is your theory about how long after? Is this something that's an immediate reaction to what happened at the end of Deadfire and that the passage of time is is not much at all? Or do you think they're going to say this is 100 years after or, uh, just to avoid having to deal with some of the stuff? I think that it, it'll be at most 10 15 years in the future, uh, simply because... It's less... Hmm. Yeah, it's probably less lore to load on to the player if it's a little bit after the event, right? I mean, yes. A, a lot of things will change with the destruction of, of the wheel, uh, the cycle of reincarnation, but it won't happen immediately. And also... We keep talking about all that all these different endings. Well, actually, no, uh, not in my opinion. When I, when I look at, I, I look about, I, I read about all the different endings. And if I'm on the, in the living lands, far, relatively far removed from the dead fire, so I assume. Well, well, actually, uh, what what do I care whether or not what happens in say Ruatai or whatever, what what the Valians are doing in in the. What was the the island the uh, Ukaizo um, are doing there? I don't. It might get a mention or two, but it's not something that impacts me here on the frontier. So, 
in the living lands, I think it could work post that fire, and even if it was just in the near future. So does the plague then have to do with the fact that they that, that you die? And since you're not going through the wheel of reincarnation, that the soul is somehow getting corrupted after death? Is that what we're interpreting that as? That could as? be possible, I suppose. But then I think that would yeah. happen worldwide, probably. Not just the living lands, but maybe maybe that's the first place they see it. Um, I, I'm not sure. I mean, that could, that could definitely be a cause of it. Souls can't go anywhere else, so they stay in one place and they just degrade, I guess, themselves or they go mad. Yeah, well, a dead a, a dead body lets go of their soul. A soul is looking around, finds a body that has a soul in it, and tries to kick them out. Maybe I don't know. Like, there's a lot of weird speculative theories we could come up with. I don't think I, I actually don't think that like we are fixing or it is a it is a a one hundred percent direct result of what happened in two. And the only reason why I don't think that is because yeah. I think it needs to be a little bit removed from the Pillars games because it's a separate game. Uh, I think, like I said, I, that, that's why I think it's a factor in it. Like, because the wheel is broken, something on the and and something on the living lands happened. The living lands is is has a soul plague. You know, <laughs> you don't think they said Aeth is glued it back together, right? Glued. You don't think they're gonna go I mean, that route? No. Like, I shouldn't have done this. Oh my goodness, what a horrible <laughs> choice I've made. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna do that. I I think. I think it's such a big event to happen that it would be weird if they if they backtracked and retconned it. I feel like they should, and I don't think they should. I, I actually think that it's a good thing that the the world, this world, fantasy world changes. You know, they they do it with the with the way you know technology advances, and I feel like major events played out in a, in in the game should reflect this new world. I'm trying to remember in the interview, did she say soul plague or did she just say plague? I think she said soul plague. I think she said soul plague, which for me is why it plays into this parenthesis idea that it happens long enough after the end that we're starting to see the effects of the breaking of the wheel and that that, that could really be part of playing into that it's feeding off the story from the end of the second. Uh, but maybe. Wouldn't, wouldn't, that mean, wouldn't that mean that the effects would, ha would be the same throughout the entire... It would, it, but we don't know that they're not. We don't know that they're not, right? I, yeah, but I think they're flocking to the living lands for this specific reason. That's why I think it is a factor, but I don't think it's a, a direct result. Like, I think something else happened in the living lands. To, but wouldn't that be a reason that you would flee to that to the frontier? If if in on your land, you're seeing the same thing that's happening on another continent and another continent, and that, holy shit, this is happening everywhere. I guess I see what your point is. Why would you then just go to the frontier? Do you think it's a way to get away? I don't think that... I agree with Remoran. I don't think they're directly connected because Avowed is its... If there's any mistake we've made in getting excited for Avowed, it's that we're connecting it too closely to Pillars. Yes, but I mean, yes. we, we only have Pillars to go off of for world history and more, so we're using it. You're right. I, I feel like the narrative is on its own. So I think the Soul Plague is something specific to that area. It's its own unique story going on there. But my Plus, argument is it can't be completely on its own, right? No, yeah, like there might be some tangible connection, but I don't think Obsidian is going to want to take a lot of time to tie up those loose ends of Deadfire because they want to focus on the Avowed narrative. They don't want to have to like 
get all this convoluted information out of the way that other players are going to want. I, th I think they want to try to make this as standalone a narrative as they possibly can. Well, th that's why I think, I think about it this way, right? Say they, they're thinking far ahead in the future. I'm not saying that they are, but let's say they're thinking far ahead in the future. Like we want to meet, we, we want to do sequels to Avowed, right? And this world event is a very important event, but to get too deep into this event, you're going to have to get really deep into what happened in Pillars 2. But if you make it like a side thing, like this, this big event happened and it could have caused this, this, this major thing in this land that you are like fresh new, this is what, what you're dealing with, then you could slowly feed what happened in 2 to the player without it being like a huge deal. So that in the next one, maybe you deal with, with the, the actual thing that happened in 2. You know what I mean? I disagree with the fact that the lore is a burden. I, I, I can summarize uh, the Lord of the Rings in three sentences. I, I don't see how that'll be a problem at the beginning for them to have this little preamble video or whatever, this little uh video long ago there was a wheel or the, the souls were yada yada and then a minute and a half later you know the whole story why is that a problem i i, I agree with that in some way i there was a game recently what wow i don't remember the game but it had like a video that just summarized what god happened out <laughs> of war it was god of war i think it was god of war um which is great it had like a really quick video that summarized it but then again those events were Pivotal, and I feel like you, if you continue the story of two, then it feels like there's a closer connection than I think Obsidian. I think Obsidian wants avowed to be and feel like its own thing, and I think if you if you take the things that happen in two, and you make it too important, it feels too much like a sequel to to, to Pillars of Eternity two, and can alienate people. And I know that might that might be that might get people upset, but I actually truly believe that they want this to be a fresh experience and it can be a, a, a bit of a burden if you put too too much it if you put too much into the events of two. Which is why I think you can do you you can do both by having it be a, a factor and you can slowly feed that information so that and, and have this one thing that that the player in about is dealing with that is fresh to everyone, that is the focus, so that so that you can slowly feed that that information. Well hey now. Actually now that you mentioned that, Remoran, like a post deadfire scenario would be fresh to every single player, including Pillars of Eternity players. We don't know what happens. That's true. So I've never considered that before. Yeah, but souls play such a big part. Let's be honest. I yeah. mean, their 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 souls tend to get used for a lot of things in uh, Pillars of Eternity. So, and there's numerous justifications for them to be used in particular ways. Um, you you're talking about a core game mechanic. Yeah, um, well, I, mean, I don't understand how you can just use Mister Clean and squirt on it and wipe it away, like animancy and what are we i mean are we going that far are we going are you saying oh, we're going no. no 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 i think here, here's one scenario that i think is is feasible like i think what if it's not too far after two where only the world is only just starting to see the effects the general populace doesn't know what happened the major players know what happened but the general populace know that something's wrong right 
So if you put the player in in those shoes where where you you are not like high enough in, in the in in the Adirian Empire to really understand what went wrong, and that your superiors are pretty much like trust me, this is important to us. What what's going on in the living lands because it could feed into what's going on all across the world. And that way, you don't have to explain too much of the second game, but you can drip feed it. Maybe it maybe the player slowly realizes, uh oh, the the wheel is broken. After he understands what the understands what the wheel is, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. I actually, I I'm I'm on more on your side than I may have sounded, but I, I I just I don't know. There's lots of things that I'm still getting my head around. Like, why are all these people converging on this one area? How did they all find this out at the same time? How I mean, it's not like they have the New York Times. Yeah, because um, there is know, a, that is a good question of like, why would people even care? You know, like, yeah, oh, did you hear understand. there's a soul plague in the living lands? And then the leader well, of fuck this, it, I ain't going there. Yeah, yeah. Why, why would I go there? Like, who gives a sh you know? But yeah, but yet every faction is here, so there's got to be some motivating interest for the Huana on the opposite side of the planet who are rarely who are pretty xenophobic. Which is why, which is why I think the only way you can explain that is that there's something affecting the entire world. Yeah, that's and that's a good point. they yeah. have heard from people that the solution may be in this untouched area or lesser touched area. You guys are convincing me that it's post dead fire, and I don't want you to convince me because um, I'm stubborn. It's <laughs> it's the embrace. There's something going on, and the fact that each faction is trying to get there, trying to solve the mystery first. That's what I think. And that's yeah. why they're converging. I mean, it could oh, just be yeah, that simple, it. I guess, I suppose. Francis, you were saying something. I mean, the vast amount, uh, the vast, for most of the factions, it could just be empires doing empire shit. The living lands have opened up. There are now civilized uh, cities and docks, uh, kids' cities and docks, and you can now get in and, and begin to exploit the resources. That, that accounts for, like, all but the Huana. And that's true. Forward. Money's, yeah. There's money to be made, and there's, there's, there's areas you can use to protect power from. Scramble from Africa, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely wrong. right. No, I don't disagree with you there. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. There, there's a few holes, obviously, like you said, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think, so just so we don't talk forever, um, We'll we'll go down the list and we'll just have everybody say after this long discussion when it's happening. Um, I'm going to start. I think it happens um, almost uh, immediately. By that I mean within five to ten years after the ending of Deadfire is when I think Avowed is going to take place. My justification for that is I think this is a direct uh, against what I know others are saying. This is a direct reaction to what happened even though i know not everybody knows that it happened they're seeing the results uh they're confused by what's going on there's rumors there's so uh, word gets out as it always does and uh, that's kind of what i think is pushing the narrative in the second one uh gingerino what's your your final theory okay i oh, okay well you know what my, i might change my mind later so i'll just go with what i'm going with now all right so you guys have pretty much convinced me, evidence-based-wise, off what we're seeing and what we know in the lore, the post-Deadfire situation makes sense. Um, the like the inner story writer of me isn't 100% sure if that's the greatest choice, so I'm resistant to it. 
but uh, it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of good reasons why it would be post-Dead Fire. I think that it is short enough after the final events of po- of Dead Fire that people are feeling the effects and people know kind of generally what's going on, but there's just a lot of questions and not a lot of answers yet, which is why people are going to things like the Living Lands to explore a Soul Plague, even though I think that the Soul Plague is disjoint from the events of Deadfire. I don't think they're necessarily related. I think they could be tangibly, like in the way Remoran brought up, but I think it's going to be its own narrative for sure. Cool. Fair enough. Parenthesis, what's your final verdict? Post Deadfire, I'd say five to ten years. Yes. Gore. Okay, Remoran, what's your verdict? <laughs> I, I think I was like 60% sure before this conversation that it was post and now i'm like 75 80 percent sure we're all pretty much landing it sounds like yeah i I just it just feels exactly like what we said and and i think you guys made some points that i didn't even think of they kind of reinforced it for me i don't want it to be true i'm not sure why too bad too bad we convinced you because we're awesome that's what it is oh hey i have one question though uh if it is post dead fire that means the storms are down which means yezuha is open do you think that'll play in anything? Just for you, just for you nerds here, of course. Uh, I'll say this: there, there is a, there sure. is a banner and a flag, uh, in that scene. Yeah, that I don't recognize, and I think you guys didn't recognize either. Yeah, there, yeah, I know what you're talking maybe. about. Yeah, that would be good if that, if that's the case. Maybe. I'm very excited. It's a big maybe for me, but it's I, interesting. I think, it's interesting. I think you can add it, uh, and maybe even like give a little since. Uh, you know, we have more access to well, the world has more access to that region. You can have a couple more characters than just you know what was his name, Reka, Reka, Reka from that region. Like you can have more characters. Like there's a couple of these guys here, and and they have weird accents, and you give hints to that. So maybe in a sequel we go there. You know what I mean? That'd be, that'd be great. Fair enough. I'm on board for that. A hundred percent. I'm going to go through the gameplay trailer and see if I find any gingers running around, and then we'll know. Yeah, it'd be interesting after the discussion, go back and watch it one more time and see if see if it solidifies that thought. But let's move on to listener questions. We have a few. Some of these, are I realize, are from, for those who wrote these to me, they're like six months old. But um, I was trying to find a place where they fit, and I th- thought that they fit with a couple of questions that were sent in in the past uh, month. So... I kind of pulled them out. Um, so this is first one is called Hercules Rant is the person's name. Um, and this is where they say back in January, uh, Fergus, the CEO of Obsidian, said he wants to make more Fallout games before his retirement. <clears throat> that mysterious AAA game that we've all heard about might be Fallout New Vegas 2. Uh, per rumors in April, do you want a New Vegas two? If so, what do you want to see in it? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, and everything. I don't know. I would love. I don't even. Re- I don't even remember how it ended. I, it I was so long ago. I don't even. New, I don't know if they would do New Vegas two. Would they like, or would they just go in a new area? I don't know. I I'd be fine with either or. To be honest, it doesn't really matter. I think they're. I think that they're not doing it. But I think if they were to do it, and I want it because I honestly think that 
I love Bethesda and I love what they do. I think that um, they are great at making those big worlds. I think that Obsidian is better at narrative and dialogue and stories. So I think if they were to do it, it would ha it would be post like a big like Fallout game, so that they have so that they just give the resources to Obsidian, so that they could just build using those pieces build something awesome. Yeah, I think I think it would have to be some a different world. Feel like you 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 even if you do it in the future, I don't know. It, Fallout is a lot about like choices that you make, and there's so many choices that like. There's so many different ways that Vegas could be post New Vegas. Do you know what I mean? So much so, and you can't do it free because you want, with a Fallout game, you want whatever the player does to affect what's going to happen later. You know what I mean? You you want it to have some you you want it you want it to have some, I guess, impact in the world. So I feel like if they're going to do it, which I would love, but I don't think they're going to do it in a different world. You know what would be a ballsy move is if they re-released Fallout New Vegas, the first one, in a remastered form at the same time as Fallout New Vegas 2, and they made it so the save file of the remastered version could carry over. Oh, <laughs> Release two games at once that, like that. that. No way that's happening. There's no, no way that's... That's cool, I don't, but there's I no wouldn't way. Like Princess, that. you were saying like something. That. That's too much game. Just make a standalone. What do you think... Uh, about that princess do you think that you want a new vegas too or do you want it in a totally different place uh and why rinse and repeat so first of all i don't think that obsidian is currently making a new fallout game secondly i would really like them to make a new fallout game but i wouldn't like it in in around new vegas that story is done it was it's excellent thank you but now let's move on to someone somewhere else there must be somewhere else on the West Coast that could be interesting, perhaps further down south towards the Mexican border, perhaps up north towards yeah, uh, the, the yeah. Canadian border. Both are good for me. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Post-apocalyptic um, Seattle, anyone? Oh, I see. I love that. That's what they need. No New Vegas too. I don't need. I don't need to go back there. I mean, it was awesome. I agree. But and I also kind of feel like I agree with what Princess has said, and that I don't think. Bethesda would agree at this point to allow them to make the next Fallout game when I, mean, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I highly doubt that he said that in January. Someone got a hold of the information yeah, yeah, and then greenlighted yeah. a whole project that is like if anything, they might be talking about it now, but they have there's no way that the game's actually being developed at this point. Only a few several months later. We also know that we also know that their their next two big games about in auto worlds too so well, if it were to happen it's going to be super far in the future they're supposedly working currently on a third yeah. uh triple a their definition of triple a is different of course but a triple a game that's in production now evidently that's 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 what we've heard so and i believe we heard that from them um at some point but uh because they i think he was going through all the projects they have but in his head during an interview or something but I, i'd have to f research that more but i agree that it, he only said this in january so there's no way that it could be the same one the next question is from bs bs462t it probably has some meaning that i don't know um asked uh will about oh this is interesting um, will Avowed allow monk abilities from Pillars of Eternity? 
how will it handle things like dashing across the battlefield and hurling enemies away with punches? I, I mean, it might just put a blur effect on it and move you really fast towards your, your destination you pointed at and or throw enemies very far against up with your geometry. Yeah, I would... It's you kind of what's that uh what's that Skyrim shout you can do where you fly forward really quickly? Just do that with with a punch animation at the end of it. We've also seen in the trailer that uh someone do a shield bash and they were running yeah. towards. Uh, yeah, like good a, point. I was about to say like that. A charge yeah. ability for like a fighter or something. So I'm mean, they could do it. Def they definitely do it. We've seen the pieces in other games. I would love a monk. That'd be great. Now, this one's a little more problematic, and I put these two together. Um, this was from Philip K, who says, um, I love the Chanter class in Pillars of Eternity. How do you think they will approach the use of invocations in gameplay? And if you think about invocations and how it works, I understand the question. How are they going to do that? This one really hurts because Chanter is one of my favorite classes. I just don't think that they can do it in, in that type of game. I hope I'm not a game designer, so... I hope they can figure it out. I would love that. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite classes, but I just feel like buffs lend itself more to, I don't know, a bunch of companions not in the first person because it, it feels like to me that in, if you're in first person, you're not going to be doing much. If you're, I know you're going to attack while singing. I just feel, I just don't see it. I just don't see yeah, it, which I'm, is a shame. I'm with you. I would love to see it, but I don't know mm. if it makes the best sense. I mean, the other side of Chanter 2 is summoning, and I could see them including summons as a form of magic, but the, the oh. actual chanting and building up of the magical power that you use, I don't know if they're going to include that. I mean, maybe you could, but that's, that'd be a whole ability tree, and you can't make an ability tree for each class. Yeah, I don't, parenthesis, did you play a chanter? And do you think that, that the singing of the chants and then the invocations will be in about gameplay since it's a very different style of play? I didn't play much around with them, so I, I defer to Gingerino and Rimoran. Yeah, I kind of side with them. I think invocations, they were powerful. Um, you know, they became available after a certain gameplay loop, um, which I think would be difficult to handle in like a... AARPG. I know that this isn't an AARPG, but it kind of is. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think that's a great question, Philip, that I don't have an answer to. And I also would be disappointed if that class was nixed or nerfed or however you want to call it. The last question we have, and then we're done. This is from uh, somebody who's actually sent us a question probably every month that we've Ooh. been. And I, I uh, is also on, I've seen this person on Reddit uh, before. I don't know where, but I'm pretty sure they're in the avowed Reddit. Um, uh, let's see. This is Kevin Bruner is his name. Uh, it says, moving from tactical turn-based gameplay to first-person live action may force Obsidian to make some drastic altercations i think he meant he misspelled it oh alterations maybe i guess to strategy and battle battles do you think the strategic nature of gameplay will suffer as a result and i think he's comparing it to other first person fantasy games where we know that strategy kind of takes a back seat to action and tactical gameplay is typically better used in uh, an overhead isometric game. 
and tell me I'm wrong. I think, it, I think he's not far off in making that conclusion. Yeah, because I mean, like a first-person action RPG, it's you, you don't want to focus on strategy as much, generally speaking, because it might take away from the core loop that you want the player to engage with. So, uh, and you know, as a first person as well, you don't get to see as much of the battlefield. So, it makes sense that strategy and tactical uh, stuff would be less of a focus. Now, that being said, bringing back something Remoran brought up earlier about Outer Worlds and the Supernova difficulty. They could make it in such a way where you do have to think ahead a little bit, like how am I going to engage with different types of enemies? So I think strategy still might play an element, but it's going to be different and maybe not as focused. That that makes more sense to me, anyways. I don't know about you guys. It makes sense to me. I I think that like uh, supernova going back to supernova difficulty in Outer Worlds, like uh, the the most fun I've ever had in a fight is where you know there's there's mechanicals there's uh, uh, humans and then there's like different types of enemies and I would switch weapons depending on what I'm fighting like I'll switch switch to my shock weapon to kill the mechanicals and switch to plasma to kill the humans you know if there's mantids switch to the corrosive and it's cool but I don't think you can do that in a game like Avowed because I feel like damage types, like there's so many different types of weapons versus like small guns and yeah. long guns and heavy guns inside. Um, and, 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 and then like with melee weapons, you just enchant your weapon with whatever damage type, plasma, shock, whatever. I, I don't, I just don't see that being possible if I, if what they do what I hope, which is give you a ton of options for what type of weapon you want to play. Um, so I think it's going to be a part it might be more about like what and what type of enemies you're fighting versus what um like damage type or something like that do you know what i mean i was gonna say like it does make i think they'll probably focus more on the kind of combat you want to play as so like i don't i don't know if they'll focus so much on like oh you're coming up against this enemy make sure you use this kind of weapon i think they'll be more focused on like are you wanting to play more as a spellcaster or more as a melee? Then here is a variety of options to take care of a variety of scenarios. And that there is strategy in that. But I mean, like when you compare that to the pillar strategy of like deflection, fortitude, willpower, and all these other defense statistics and stuff like that stuff, I think is too, too much. Something like that. Uh, my guess is they're going for quicker combat, more engaged, more, you know, with the real time factor, I think, but then, you know, of course we've, we've talked about the, you know, Oh, let me draw some magical shit in the air and that'll take a couple of minutes. And then, you know, we, we talked about that from the trailer and I mean, so that, I don't know. I mean, you just don't know. It really depends on how, how quick they want combat to be. Do they want this to be something that involves a lot of thought or is this, is this just like a side thing which it kind of is in Outer Worlds, you know, kind of a side thing, and then the story's the main thing, so. You do make a good point with, like, the drawing of the sigils, because we've seen that in the gameplay trailer, so there is an element of timing to it. I don't know, maybe there'll be more strategy than I'm giving it credit for. I'm just uh, probably spoiled with all the first-person action RPGs we've played, you know. Yeah. Parenthesis, do you think we'll see quick combat or uh, more strategic combat? Quick combat. That's that's my feeling. Yeah, it kind of fits the the whole first person live action 
thing. Um, well, that's what we got today. Thank you for listening. I want to uh, call out to you guys where you can be found. Gingerino, where can people find you? Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter at World of Aora, you can go on there and you'll keep up with my lore show for the games of Pillars of Eternity and then One Day Avowed, which is also called The World of Aora because I couldn't think of a more interesting title for the show. So there you go. That's better than calling it Pillars, right? I mean, you you did you did the right thing, so you'll be able to continue on. I was um, going to call it Luminous Adra, but that was way too niche. Then nobody would, yeah. Nobody that, would know. No, you would get it. That, I mean, it's a cool name. I like the name, but I know you yeah. guys would listen, and that's about, it'd be you and three people. That's it. Well, yeah, I think uh, you know you're getting a following, which is good because you do a good job. So, uh, parenthesis, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitch, where I stream regularly. I have the handle Command Objective. I mostly stream narrative or strategy games. Okay, so Ramaran, where can they find you? So Ramaran on Twitter. I don't remember my threads because I did make one, but maybe next time. Wait, where? So Ramaran on where? Oh, on uh, on X on Twitter. Are, are, are we beating? What are we yeah, still calling like Twitter? What the hell is Twitter? That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell is that? Going on over there. On X, yeah, because that marks the spot, right? <laughs> so bizarre anyway um yeah you can find us uh avowedcast is our x handle um and <laughs> you can email us avowedcast at gmail.com um so thank you for your listening and thank you for your emails and thank you guys for joining me for this this was a lot of fun nerds impertinent boar i say i've had enough of you guards take this one away <laughs> <laughs>